0: We talk about inheritance today. How many of you know what an inheritance is? How many of you have ever gotten an inheritance? I didn't ask the first first group of people. What, how many of you ever gotten an inheritance? You like, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Especially if it's that if it's that long lost uncle that you didn't know you had, <laughs> and somebody knocks at your door and a guy in a suit and he said, "Well, I've got some papers for you and and you've inherited a million dollars." And you go, "What? And, my uncle? Who? Yeah, he's my uncle. I'm sure he's my uncle." You know, if i you know, we don't need to do a blood test or DNA. I'll just accept the fact that he's my uncle and he wants to leave me a million dollars. So that's, you know, that's kind of what we think of when we think of an inheritance. We think of it as when somebody dies, they leave us something. And so we can spend it really fast the rest of our life. Uh, that's what we usually think of a possession, uh, a property, money, that sort of thing. Uh, so we're going to talk about inheritance this morning. Uh You know, today's Mother's Day, that doesn't go without saying. We know it's Mother's Day, and I don't know who thought up those days, but every day should be Mother's Day, right? Every day should be Daddy's Day, day, but every day should be Father's Day, right? Our Father in Heaven. Uh, And so I know Hallmark came up with that little ploy to make a lot of money, or the the people that do flowers made a, you know, so we can. But we want to honor our mothers today, and I'm going to ask you a question. Be very honest. How many of you knew beforehand who your mother would be? Okay, good answer. How many of you knew who your daddy would be? Okay, let me ask you another question. Y'all, y'all didn't know that, did you? Y'all? How many of you knew what color you would be before you were born? Nobody. Who? Who, who knew? How many of you knew where you would be born? Nobody. No answer. No, nobody's answering these questions. Nobody's raising their hand. How many? How many of you knew the the, the time frame when you would be born? What period? Of, what century you'd be born? Nobody knew that either, right? Because we had no say so in that, say I had no say so. You didn't know if your parents were going to be good parents or bad parents. And you know, I know this day evokes a lot of, of, of feelings. I'm not I'm not ignorant to that. I know a lot of people today is a sad day. Mom's passed on, or the mom wasn't a good mom, whatever the case, or, or mom was a great mom and still, but you miss your your mom, and so that evokes that that memory. Sometimes maybe your mother was you, you just. These feelings come up, they can be happy, sad, sorrowful. All of these feelings come up. Some people don't, they don't go to church on Sunday, on Mother's Day because it this, this just reminds them of sadness. you know. And so we have all these feelings, but we didn't know who our parents would be. We didn't know where we'd be born, how we'd be born, what color we would be born. And so when I'm reading the paper and I see these things happening in Georgia and, and all over the country, and I, I see uh, the, the horrors of racism, and I, I, I look and I go, when did these people not get a brain that do these horrible things that have to figure out at some point in life they didn't have a choice of where they were born or who they would be born to or, you know, so what what's happened is apparently they, they've inherited some anger, they've inherited some racism, they've inherited some ugly stuff in their life, but we don't have a right to that. Amen? We don't have a right to that because we didn't know. I could have been born in Africa. God might have said, I want you to be a Maasai tribe warrior. Okay. Right? So we didn't have a choice. So listen, wherever you are, your lot in life, whoever you are, what color you are, it doesn't matter. This is how God created you for such a time as this. And if the church can't rise up and love one another, then who can? Who can? Listen, if you're a racist, you're probably not going to like Freedom Fellowship. Just look around you. There's black people here. Oh, no. There's Hispanic people. Oh, no. There's white people. Here. Oh, right. You know, you know, if you're racist, you're going to hate heaven. <laughs> so I'm just—I just, that's my political speech for the morning. Because God's called us to love one another. And he didn't qualify that. If they suit you. Or if you were raised right. No, he said, if you love God, you're supposed to love people. And guess what he does? He gives us the ability to do that. He gives us that ability. So I love, I love what God's done here from the get-go. That we have every station in life. Hugged a couple of guys this morning, man. They were just, you know, they just here. And one of them, man, he just, I know he's already had a few beers this morning. And he came to church and sat right there. And he came up, give me a big old hug. said, I've been praying for you, Pastor. He's probably been praying for me when some people that are sober haven't prayed. And I accept that. Because he loves me and he loves God. Is he having troubles? You bet he is. But if we can't reach out and hug these people and love on these people, guys, quit calling yourself a Christian. Just take the the label off. If you can't love people, stop saying you're a believer in Jesus because that's who He is. He went to the highways and the byways. He loved the unlovely. And He's called us to do the very same thing and to to stand for what is right in this world and in this country. Stand up for the right. So that's a continued political speech. (laughs) Not really. That's just about love. That's just about love. So I want to talk about our inheritance this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 16. I want to read from the Passion Translation. I know some people aren't crazy about the Passion Translation. I'm crazy about it. I'm passionate about it. And I know it's not exactly, you when you look at it, you go, well, that doesn't match the New King James or that. But listen, they, they translated from the Septuagint, and they went to the Greek. that translated from the Hebrew. So listen, it, it all works out. So just check, and just believe me and trust me. Or if you don't, go and study it because it all works out and it all says the same thing okay because god he's not going to he's not going to contradict himself in his word even with the translations go in and study him and find out what he's saying to you and if one translation speaks to you better than the other stick with that one okay don't get so legalistic that you can't hear something from another translation but this is psalm 16 and i like the title of this it says you know how they have little titles under the under the psalms And it says it's called the golden secret, a precious song engraved in gold by King David. Now, the reason he's called that a a golden secret or engraved in gold is because how many of you have something else? Like another version. What does it say? A mictum? Anybody have a mictum? Raise your hand if you've got a mictum. Well, we'll pray for you if you've got a mictum. I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) a mictum is really is is, it's one of those words of many of the Hebrew words that is hard to define. so when they're going trying to define it one of the definitions is gold or engraved and so as people have looked at this in the past they said well this must have been an important song because it was engraved in gold Isn't that pretty cool it's so important that they they engrave this song and I psalm is really just a song so David is writing this song we sing songs to the Lord and he's writing the song and it's so important it's it's grabbed him he said man this is golden man this is awesome and so he writes this in gold, so to speak. So this is what we're going to look at this morning. is about our inheritance. Say inheritance. All right, verse 1. It says, Keep me safe, O mighty God. I run for dear life to you, my safe place. Now, in this coronavirus culture that we live in, and all the mess that we we have to go through and, and listen to all these reports, every day the first thing on the paper is any new, any new uh, viruses, all that. Everything seems to be about that. Listen, if you want to get safe, and he said, Do what King David did, he said, I'm going to run to my safe place, and my safe place is God. My safe place is God. You know, you can let fear overwhelm you or you can let faith rise up in you. In the church, we need to be operating in faith. I'm not saying you need to be stupid. Use wisdom, okay? That's fine. But I think we need to we need to move past this fear-based thought process into the faith-based thought process and believe that god is our protector that he will cover us amen so he says keep me safe almighty god i run for dear life see people were always after king david they wanted to kill him Saul wanted to kill him so he had troubles in his life he said man i got to keep running toward jesus that's a good idea we need to keep running to the lord he said to this he said so i said to the lord god you are my maker say maker my mediator good and my master Any good thing you find in me has come from you. Look at your neighbor and say, Any good thing that you got came from God. (laughs) And you're going, yeah, I know that. (laughs) Any good thing, any good thing that you got came from God. The Bible says that our righteousness is is what? Filthy rags, okay? It says our heart is what? It's evil. Man, we have have some bad thoughts, right? Anybody here have bad thoughts? All these things. God says, the good stuff, everything that's good in you comes from God. That's what King David is saying here. Anything good in me comes from God. Then he, and then he says this. And he, God replies to him and he says to me, my holy lovers are wonderful. This is who God says you are. Okay, say I'm wonderful. That's who God thinks you are. He says, you're my majestic ones. You're my glorious ones fulfilling all my desires. God loves you. He created you. You are not junk. You are worthy. Listen, when people say, "Well, I'm just not worthy," you know. Listen, you're saying God was God messed up. He made junk, and he you're not worthy. Listen, He made us. He wanted us. He wanted us for His fellowship. He wanted us. He wanted more kids. He got Jesus, He said, I got more. I need more kids. like my son Jesus, and that's what He says. And so He is declaring here. King David is saying, "This is who God is. He's my Maker, my Mediator, my Master." And then God replies, but this is who you are, David. You're you're wonderful. You're majestic. You're, you're my glorious one. You fulfill my, all, all of my desires. Did you know that we fulfill God's desires? Isn't that cool? He created us for Him. Say, I'm created for Him. So the first thing you know is our inheritance begins with our salvation. Our inheritance begins with our salvation. The moment you said yes to Jesus Christ the inheritance that He has for you began. Amen? Okay, let's look at Romans eight 17. I'll show you this in Scripture. And since we are His true children, are you His child? Betty, are you His kid? Okay. We qualify to share all His what? Treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God Himself. I don't think our finite minds can comprehend that. we really got to get into our spiritual side of our mind. If we're going to understand that we are heirs of God Himself. And since we are joined to Christ, remember He comes in. He lives within us. He said He is in us and we are in Him. Amen, right? We also inherit, now this is just mind-boggling. We inherit all that He is and all that He has. What does He have? He owns everything. All that He is, who is He? He is perfect. We inherit His perfection. That's why we can go to the throne room of grace, right? We inherit His perfection. We inherit everything that He has, every gift that He has, every promise that He has, every, everything that He wants to pour into us, impart, impartation He wants to give us. We inherit those at the salvation moment. Now, we don't understand them all. We don't know how to apply them all. It, it's a process. But he, he says, you are joint heirs with God. Can we, can we fathom that, church? How amazing is that? How amazing is that? But then he says this. You know, there, there are just kind of times when you just want to, oh, I just want to stop there. Right? And you know what I'm talking about? People quote the good part of the verse. Uh, let's see, Jeremiah 29:11. Uh, I know the thoughts I have for you, plans to harm, uh, prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. Is that kind of where it goes? Did you know the rest of that talks about 70 years of bondage? We don't read that part. It's after that. You're going to be 70 years in bondage? Yay! i want to put that on the plaque. Nobody puts that on the plaque on the wall in their in their house. It goes with it. See, we kind of stuff cut stuff out, but let me read the rest of Romans 8:17. We will experience being co-glorified with Him, provided that we accept His sufferings as our own. Oh, I like the joy airs with God. I like the air of God. I like all that He, all, the, the suffering part. Nah, not so much. But did you know we walked through some things? Why do you think we just sang songs about, I mean, He's in the fire with us. He's in the water with us, you know? We just talked about things that we walked through. We walk through these things, but God is with us in the walking through. You know, I said that last week, uh, we, we, sometimes people just park in the valley of the shadow of death. They don't keep walking. We need to keep walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. And so let's turn, flip over to 2 Corinthians 4. And we'll to talk a little bit more about this suffering thing because I think we need to understand that it's temporary, okay? It's temporary. So no wonder we don't give up. This is Paul speaking. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, uh, our inner being is being renewed every single day. Let's just stop right there. If you're over 50, you understand that verse better than if you were under 50. We we were originally made to last forever forever on earth and then adam and eve screw that up can i say screw it up they screwed that up they messed that up and so that's when he said you're going to die remember he said if you do this you're going to die so he made it we die (laughs) we waste away i like that term we waste away it's awesome so the older we get the things don't work as good as they used to and you'll figure that out once you get older like if you get 50 then 60 and then 70 and nana's 80 Woo! can y'all believe that nana's 80 she's doing good for 80 right amen he says that gradually wears out but our inner being is renewed every single day i like that part how many of you know people they're young but you think they're old you know what i'm talking about like well it's been a rough day man i've had a tough day i don't know if i can make it back tomorrow to work or not how old are you, sir? I'm 28, you know. know, Their mind mind is old. See? You know why why their mind is old? Because they haven't been renewing their mind. They haven't been in the Word. I promise you, if you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, you're not going to have those old man thoughts. So how how many of you know people that are actually old, but men, you think they're younger? I mean, people are like, yeah, you I've told people, when I used to walk through the jail and I'd talk to people, they say, well, how old are you not telling my age? they well, can't be. you've got to be younger than that. And I'm not saying because I look younger. It's just God's got to put something in my step, you know? And, and he's given, a, given me a, a passion for people. And, and so that's our, our, our minds can be renewed. And listen, it affects your body. It affects how you walk. It affects how you talk. It affects how you live. It affects how you move. So this morning, I want, you to sh- I want you to know that you need to have a renewed mind if you want to have a renewed body and you want to keep acting and living young instead of looking and living old. Okay? He goes on to say, we view, this is Paul speaking, the, the Paul that has been beaten up and left for dead and, and been through shipwrecks and everything you can imagine has happened to him. He says, we view our slight, <laughs> slight, short-lived troubles in light of eternity. He said, I see things in a different way. See, we have a different perspective as Christians. We see things from a heavenly perspective. He says, we're seated in heavenlies, so we should have a different perspective of our life and the life of of people around us. He says, we see our difficulties as a substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison. He goes on to say, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. He said, we walk by faith and not by sight. Some of you wouldn't get out of bed if you didn't have faith. Because the things around you don't look so good, but you get up anyway because you go, God is waking me up and God's got something for me to do today, and I'm going to walk today by faith. I'm not going to walk and look at my circumstances. They're temporary, they're just slight. They don't have anything to do with eternity because my destiny's already been laid out for me. I have heaven waiting for me. I have heaven waiting for me. What is seen is temporary. Coronavirus is temporary. Your hardships, maybe that you're going through today, are temporary. Your bank account is temporary. <laughs> Your health is temporary. All these things, God can renew and restore everything that the enemies tried to steal. Right? Y'all believe that? We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a huge, very huge part of our inheritance. God says, I give you everything I've got. Guess what his son had? He had perfect faith. So we have faith. You know, we, we like to quote that scripture, I believe help my unbelief. But Jesus said, no, you've, you believe because I've given you the, the ability to believe. I've put my faith in you. Psalm sixteen 4, let's move on. Yet there are those who yield to their weaknesses, and they will have troubles and sorrows unending. I never gather with such ones, nor give them honor in any way. Now, the New King James, just to give you an idea of how different these might sound, but they say the same thing. He says, their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because this is one of those K love messages. It's positive encouraging. Because what he's saying in that verse is, There are people that reject me, and they're not going to have an inheritance. They're not going to have an inheritance. They're going to reject me until the day they die. And when they reject me to the day they die, they enter into an eternal damnation. Hell is real. Hell is real. I know, I think there's a waiting place. I think in the final judgment, that's when we actually go to that place. I think there's a holding place called Hades. I think there's two compartments there. And there's a waiting period. But I think that in, in the final judgment, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And you want to be a sheep. Bah. Yeah, you don't want to be a cabrito. No. You want to be a sheep. Cabrito is my Spanish for goat. Is that right, Cabrito? Or cabrita? Is that a wolf, female goat? I don't forget it. Sorry, I digress. I got more time this service. I'm so happy, man. It was 10 o'clock before we got ready for me to preach, and I'm looking at them. We're 10:30. I'm preaching at 10 to 10. I was like a race, like a motorboat i said my honey my preacher too fast said, yeah, yeah but it's good <laughs> so i will slow down suffice it to say verse four those people don't have the inheritance they've rejected god verse five lord you got to get this highlighted i've chosen you say i've chosen you this is king david saying lord i've chosen you alone it's my inheritance your inheritance is a choice. It's a choice. You can either receive it or reject it. He said, I have chosen you alone as my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, my portion. I leave my destiny and its timing in your hands. David said, I give this to you. Here's my life. Here's my life. Take it. Your pleasant path leads me to pleasant places. I'm overwhelmed by the privileges that come with following you, for you have given me the best. Did I ever tell you point one? I didn't. Did I tell you? Did she put it up there? Okay. Point two is our inheritance and its benefits. I don't think I said it, so thank you. See, people get on live stream and think, well, what was point one or two or three? <laughs> Sometimes I just skip right over them. Our inheritance. Say our inheritance has benefits. Okay. And then they, these two verses alone, they're, it is fully packed. I want to tell you, and I want to unpack it r- real quick for you. First of all, it says that God is our prize, our prize. Anybody ever won a prize? Cracker Jacks, maybe. Nobody. How many like when you were a kid? You, it was a, it was a Getting in trouble. It wasn't very much. It was like a a 10-cent prize in the bottom of the Cracker Jacks. And some people, I didn't really care for Cracker Jacks back then. I just wanted that prize. You know, it's digging down, and you'd reach down to the side of the box. you had wax paper on the back then. You'd reach down there, and you'd try to find that little prize. And you thought, wow, I got a prize. It might be a little comic strip or something. It wouldn't be much, but it was a prize. How many of you won a big prize before? Anybody anybody won a big prize? I'll tell you about our prize. Oh, we got people all around. See, Mary Lou had registered way back in 1984 at an M-System food store down here on Avenue B. And uh, I got a call one day, I was at work, and this guy calls me and says, this is so-and-so from K-I-X-Y, and uh, is this Harold Watkins? Uh, yeah. And like, I'm thinking, who's playing the trick? People used to do play tricks. We used to do that. We used to call and tell people they'd won something. Anybody ever done that besides me? Okay. Fess up. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun, isn't it, you know? And I thought, oh, somebody's playing a trick on me. I said, uh, yes, you've won uh, a round-trip tickets, airfare, hotel to the 1984 uh, the Olympics in Los Angeles, California. And I'm going, what? Because I didn't register. Mary Lou did. So when they say one per person, I promise you she's always going to write me down one, and she's going to write everyone down. And so she didn't give me the heads up. Like, honey, I think we're going to, I've registered for you. I was just like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I actually said that to the guy on the radio. I said, is this a joke? He said, uh, no, sir. We did. We won a round trip, airfare, hotel, everything to the Olympics in 1984. Got to see some amazing things. We won a prize. Everybody likes to win a prize. And he goes, so Davidson, you are my prize. See, when we understand that God is more than just something out there that we can't see or feel or touch or, or taste, He is, He's everything more than that. He sees He's our prize. And I found this scripture. I thought, well, about a door prize. What would be a door prize? John 10, 9 says, I am the door. This is Jesus. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Listen, that's a pretty good door prize. We walk through and He says, not only are you saved, you can go in and out and find pasture. In other words, He said, I, you've got freedom. Woo! I, I love that. He's our door prize. Second thing is, He's our pleasure. Some people don't think, well, I don't think of God as our pleasure. But He says He is. Over and over and over through Scripture. Look it up. He's our pleasure. Pleasure is defined as a feeling of happy, satisfaction, and enjoyment. He alone can satisfy. How many of you tried other ways to be satisfied? How many of you have tried other ways to find pleasure? Sex. Drugs, rock and roll. I can't get no satisfaction. See, Mick Jagger. I don't know if he's saved, but if he ain't saved, he ain't got satisfaction yet. He doesn't. Because God is the only one who can satisfy us. Right? He says only He can satisfy us. You've tried the other things. And listen, wealth, I'm not against wealth. I'm not against a lot of things. Good thing God's provided a lot of things for us. But he says, if you're looking for those things to satisfy you and not him, then you're going to miss the mark. Only he can satisfy you. Psalm 103.5 says, you satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. Woo! There you go. He says, I don't care how old you are. If you got me, you can fly. I, you know, the day, I, I, I think I talked about this last week. I hope I'm here for the rapture so I can actually fly. You know, I'm not dust. I'm just, I'm going to go up. I, I don't know if I'll go up like Superman or beat me up, you know, or Scotty. I, I don't know how it's going to be, but I just, whoo, it's going to go up. I want Lord, that's just one of my desires is the rapture. I don't want to have to die and be put in a box. I won't be in a box. An urn? Oh. oh, okay. Stay there. Y'all know that I enjoy I enjoy preaching. If y'all understand, uh, it just it, God is so awesome. His word is awesome. I mean, if you just if you don't dig into His word, you're just missing something. And there's 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 no excuse for not to get into His Word. It just really isn't. I, I don't care if you're blind. They've got a ways. If you, if God has provided ways for us to get in His Word. Do that, okay? The th- The third thing is God is our portion. Portion usually has to do with food. You know, how many of you like to get bigger portions of food? Have you ever been to a buffet? And you think that on the buffet you get behind that guy that. You realize you can go back, but that person probably doesn't realize they can go back, and they they strategically stack stuff like food up to here. You're like, you can go back, you know, but it might not be here. Yeah, portions, and when he talk, the Bible talks about portions. They usually talk about food, and I love that verse. that says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." I mean, He's our portion. Psalm 73, 26 is my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's our strength. He's the strength of our heart. He's our portion forever. He is the bread of life. He is the, the, the living water that flows out of us. On the, in John 6, he said, take and eat my flesh, drink my blood. He wasn't talking about being a, a cannibal. He said, listen, I am your sustenance. I am who you need. He is my portion. Do you, do you understand that this morning? You you can feed on a lot of things in this world. We'll try to fill you up with a lot of junk food. But you need the real food of Jesus Christ. God is our path. As we stay the course, we stay on the right path. Jesus said this very clearly, very clearly. Because people go, well, are there a lot of ways to heaven? I know Oprah says there are, but Oprah doesn't know apparently. I like Oprah, but listen, Oprah, she says there's a lot of ways to heaven. There's not. God wanted to make it so clear for us that we didn't have to make, oh, I wonder if it's door number one, door number two, door number three. door. I just don't know. And God said, no, 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 no. I've already made it clear. It's my son. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through the the door. I've used this illustration before, and I'm going to use it again real quick. If you're flying on a plane, and you've got a pilot that's up there, and he's decided he's going to land on I-20 instead of the runway at DFW, do you want your pilot to be narrow-minded or broad-minded? I want a narrow-minded pilot that says the DFW lighted runway that they've designated is the one you land on. Not the one to go. Oh, I think I'll just land over here on I twenty. Let's just pull this thing around. Come on. Well, we might take out a few cars. That's okay. You know, there's only one way. God said, I don't want you to have to make this big decision. I want you to know that there's just one way. I like narrow-minded in that sense. Takes away all the guesswork. Amen. So He is our prize, our pleasure, our portion, our path, and He's our privileges. Privileges are special rights, advantages, authority, benefits. Wow, we get privileges with God. We have benefits with God. We have advantages with God. We have the power of God. John 1, 12 in the Amplified says, But to as many as did receive and welcome Him, He gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God. That is, to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on His name. We have this benefit. In one, one, one time, Jesus said, listen, it's to my, your advantage that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come. He's always wanting to give us an advantage. He always wants to give us a leg up. He always wants us to know ahead of time some things, right? He, he's that kind of a God, and He's given us that inheritance that of the Holy Spirit. He's given us the inheritance of the power of the Holy Spirit and the privileges of entering, like we talked last week, and entering into the throne room of grace. He's given us that privilege. Because of the blood, he doesn't. He doesn't reject you when you come and say, "Well, God, I have some things." No, 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 no. I can't talk to you. No, he says, "Hey, you're mine. Come on in. You're my kid. I listen. What do you need? I'm here for you. I want to give you every advantage. I, I've got. Man, you've got privileges. Any, any of you have privileges of something that somebody else didn't have privileges for? And you kind of rubbed it in on them. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you remember when you were a kid and your parents said, if you do this and so during the week, this weekend, we're going to take you to the amusement park. We're going to go get you some ice cream. And they, they said, you're going to have privileges. And in in like your siblings didn't do what they were supposed to do. And you got to do what they couldn't do. And they hated you for that, right? Because you had privileges. Because you were walking in obedience. Well, we have privileges with God. He opens doors for us that no man can open. He does things for us that He, he won't do for the, the, for, uh, for the world that doesn't believe in Him or trust Him. So we have these privileges. Say privileges. And one of our favorite psalms, and Mary Lou and I, we, we uh, quote this and we speak this and we believe this, is Psalm 103. How many of you know what Psalm 103 is? It's a beautiful psalm. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget what? Don't forget any of His benefits. Say Benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? That's the bend, in, the bend towards sending uh, A lot of people will say, "Well, that's just sin." He forgives all of our sins, but well, He does that. But He also heals us from the, even the iniquities, the bent towards sinning, and we, He does that a lot of times just through deliverance, right? And He heals all your diseases, not just some of them, but all your diseases. Who redeemed your life from destruction? That means He has purchased us. We have been bought with a price. He's redeemed our life from the destruction of hell and He placed us on the road to heaven. Amen. He who crowns you. Now, the word corona means crown. So we can talk about coronavirus or we can talk about the the corona of God. I'd rather talk about the corona of God this morning. The corona of of loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us. With all these things, there are five crowns that I know specifically talks about in the New Testament that he crowns believers with. And once we get to heaven, we're going to say, man, this, this crown's a little bit, I, I'm not really worthy of this crown. And the Bible says we're going to cast them at his feet, Betty. We're going to throw these crowns down because he is the one that orchestrated our life. He is the one that redeemed us from, uh, from destruction. And so we give them back and give him glory and praise and honor as we give him back the crowns, the coronas of life. That God has imparted to us and bestowed upon us. We've inherited those beautiful things. He says also, who satisfies your mouth with good things. There's that word satisfies again. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He's called us to soar like eagles and not, not to stumble around like a bunch of turkeys. Right? Yeah. Anybody ever see a turkey try to fly? It's pretty hilarious. I don't want to be a turkey. I want to be, a, I want to be an eagle. I want to soar above all this mess. The, the, so the... Verse 7, we're going to move on. The way you counsel, this is David continuing to speak to the Lord. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whispers in the night give me wisdom, showing me what to do next. Because you're close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. For I experience your wraparound presence every moment. I like that. I love that. The, the third point I want to make is we respond with praise as we experience his presence. Our response to the inheritance of what he has given us, our response to all the things he has blessed us with should be praise. That, that's what we were doing this morning. We were praising God. We were giving him honor, we we're giving him glory. We were, we were lifting up His name. We weren't lifting up somebody else's name as far as I could tell this morning. we're lifting up the name of Jesus. We're lifting up the name of God. we're lifting up the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. When, when, when Hezekiah was baptized, we talked we didn't lift up the name of Hezekiah. we lift up the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. that's who he was baptized into. So when we come to this place, We have, because of His wonderful gifts and His inheritance and everything He's bestowed upon us, we should be a people of praise. We should be a people of adoration because of what we have experienced. I'm talking about the tangible presence of God. I'm not talking about something out there that we can't see, feel, or touch. God is a see, feel, and touching kind of God. I mean, I don't know about you. In in the first service, I was just overwhelmed and the Lord just, man, I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. I thank you for your presence. How many of you know that you can feel His presence? I don't care what you call it. If you call it goosebumps or tingly feeling, I, I, I just you might just start weeping. You might start laughing. You might just feel the warmth. You might feel electricity. But God wants you to know that He's real and that He is tangible, that He reaches out and He touches His children. We respond with praise during through that experience of His presence. I like this that He says... He also says uh, he was thankful if, even through correction. A lot of times we're not thankful for correction. We don't praise God when we he gets on to us and straightens, straightens us out, do we? But we should because he is helping us redirect our steps and getting us back onto the right path. We've been talking about staying the course. Some of you, God's lovingly disciplined you. He said, listen, stop going there. Quit hanging out with them. Get away from that person. Quit doing this. Quit doing that. Start doing this and start doing that. Because he's concerned about our staying on the path. He's, he's concerned about our safety. He's concerned about our destiny being everything that God's called us to be. Verse 9. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. I listened to a great, uh, somebody sent me a video, of Francis Chan's, about the corona thing, and he's talking about what a great time God's provided for us to sit down and rest and wait. Because we're on a treadmill. Most Christians are on a treadmill. And he's, he's speaking from the perspective of Hong Kong. We have friends in Hong Kong, that she just called me the other day, that used to, that have visited at our church. Kenneth and, and Eileen, and he said in Cong, in, Hong, Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, they raise their children just from babies to get them into the best schools, to get them the most education they can. It's like, it's like cramming everything into these little bitty kids so they can be so much smarter than the other kids. And he showed pictures of... It was a little child on the, on the treadmill. Then it showed their progression of their age all the way up to college and how they were taught to go faster and faster and faster so they could beat everybody else. And that's the treadmill of life that most, many people get on. And we don't have time to slow down. We don't have time to rest. And God says, listen, if you want to hear from me, sometimes you just got to sit down and be quiet, be still, be still and know that I am God. And, and during this time maybe you think, well this I don't like this isolation or all whatever you want to call it, take a time, take the time and the opportunity to get alone with God. Jesus did it. he isolated himself from everybody he said, "I got to get up on the mountain. you guys are wearing me out. <laughs> I got to get up on the mountain. these people are just crowding into it. and they're not like, I can't anymore to breathe. he gets up on the mountain he gets with his father then he comes back down empowered. We need to get alone with God church. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. For you bring me a continual revelation of a resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. The four things I want you to see is our confidence of a resurrected life. We, we should have this confidence. We should rest in this confidence. We should be secure in this confidence that we have a resurrected life. And I'm not talking about once we die, we are resurrected. That's one part of it. See, this is a prophetic psalm. When he talked about it, see, his holy one will not see corruption. The holy one he's talking about here is Jesus Christ. That's the prophetic revelation that he was showing King David. I don't think King David actually knew it, but he wrote it down because God wrote and He spoke through him. He said there will be a day comes, my son comes, my holy one's coming, and even though sins going, he's going to, he's going to all the sin of the world is going to be put on him. He will not see corruption, and he will be raised to life. He will have a live a resurrected life. But see, because Jesus lives a resurrected life, you and I receive and live a resurrected life. But we don't have to wait till we die for the resurrected life to begin. We start when the day we give our life to Jesus Christ. He said, that's your inheritance. You're resurrected. I took you. You were dead in your transgressions. And I raised you to new life. He said, you're a new creation in Christ. All the old is passed away. Behold, all things are new. That's cool, isn't it? That we become new creations in Christ. The day that we say yes to Jesus. And then he says, now you are my heirs. You're the heirs of God. Everything I have is yours. And some people are like the prodigal son. They run away from all that. They say, well, I want this and I want this. Listen, if you run away from him, I want you to run back to him today. He wants you to run back to him today. He wants you to enjoy the resurrected life here and now. He wants you to have a face-to-face encounter with him now. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about face-to-face. And I know we'll have a face-to-face encounter with him when we cross over and we go to be with him. But he wants us to get so close to him. He wants us to see him today. Look what he says. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You know, there's so many people that don't put away the childish things. They just keep hanging on the childish things. They don't mature. They don't grow up. He said, I want you to put away those things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. I can't even imagine what that's going to be like when we see Him face to face. Can you? And we're going to know Him just the way He knows us. Woo! The revelation that's going to flood us at that moment is going to be incredible. And there's not going to be any sadness in it. There's not going to be any weeping. There's not going to be any sorrow because we're going to be in His presence and everything's going to be incredibly awesome more than we can even think or imagine. Our inheritance. Listen, don't wait for your inheritance from God to start living it in the sweet by and by. Start grabbing hold of your inheritance this morning. If you haven't already, start grabbing hold of it. Start walking in the benefits. Start remembering the promises. Start stating and declaring those things that God has already spoken over you. Start saying, God, you said I get everything you've got. I want it. I want to, And he said, you want it? Then if I give it to you, will you live it? And you should say, Yes, to the best of my ability, as best I can submit, because Lord, I know that I haven't got it all together. And he'll say, I know that. I know you haven't got it all together. He said, This is a journey, this is an adventure. But start today. Grab a hold of a resurrected life. God spoke through Moses in Deuteronomy verse thirty. I mean chapter thirty, verse nineteen. I'm gonna close with this. Matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and stand? As I, as I speak this. And get a drink. And get the ministry team, just go ahead and be on on alert. Moses, as God directed him, said this, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. To me, that speaks of inheritance. Blessing speaks of inheritance. He says, I call, I, I'm going to set this before you. And this is what I'm doing this morning. These scriptures that I've read, all the, the, the message that you've heard this morning, I have set before you blessings. I've set before you the inheritance, not all of it, because there's so much more to it. But I set before you the inheritance that God has given to His children. Would y'all agree that I've given you that? Say yes. Okay. If you heard it, if you didn't hear it, just be quiet. (laughs) But I set before you, and also set before you the cursing side. Remember, if you reject Him, you reject His inheritance. Right? So I've I've done that this morning then this is what he says. Therefore, choose life. Say life. life. That both you, and guess what we just saying about the blessing? That you and your descendants may L-I-V-E, live. See, he just set the table and said, here it is. What are you going to choose? You actually have the right and the authority to choose your inheritance today. You can choose Christ, or you can reject Christ. I don't know everybody here this morning. This is a good, good group. I mean, this is so, so good to see so many people here. I don't know everybody. I don't know your situations. I don't know some of you may have never given your life to Christ. And I've set this before you today. The Holy Spirit set it before you today. You have a choice. You can choose Jesus, or you can reject Jesus. It's your choice. How you, how you want to live your life out and your inheritance. He's, going to lay that. he's laid that out before you this morning. So the first invitation is choose life. Choose Jesus Christ. Choose the inheritance that he has for you. Don't reject him. Don't reject him. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he says, I've got an open invitation to you. If you'll just come and trust me and believe me. That's all he's asking you to do today. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's just asking you to surrender. Would you choose life today? Some of you here this morning, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, but there's something about this inheritance to really trigger something new. I've been living beneath my means. I'm on the cruise ship where all the food's free and I brought peanut butter sandwiches because I didn't know it was already paid for. Because He's he's already given us everything. And we're living on the crumbs. And God says, no, no, I want to prosper you. I want to give you hope in a future. Even if you gotta go through some tough stuff, I will be with you through it all. That may be that invitation may be for you that I I just need to recommit my life and say, God, I want I want to live in the inheritance. I wanna live I wanna live like a, a king's son, a king's daughter. That's that's who we are. Right? That's right, that's who we are. So that invitation is for you. The other invitation for you is if you have a need of any kind for for a need for healing, he heals all our diseases. But he says, this is how we do it. We touch, we lay hands on, we pray for, we anoint. We just be obedient to the word of God and trust God to do what what only he can do.